0: you, Jesus. Help me know that no matter what it is, no matter what's happened in your life, God is for you. And I want you to look at this in verse 17, Isaiah 54 verse 17. It says this, no weapon. I want you to say that this morning and say, no weapon formed against me. Turn to your neighbor and say, formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Amen. How many believe that this morning? I'm just going to read it one more time. Isaiah 54:17 says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. You know, I want to encourage you today that as we go into God's Word, that you know, I want you to build your faith and believe God that today you received a miracle that today you received your victory, that even if it doesn't feel like something's changed, you just have to believe and stand on the word of God that God is working on your behalf. Amen? See, there, you know, and so it's important that we have to understand that God has provided for us. Somebody say, God has given me provision. And so the Bible talks about this, even in Ephesians 2.8, it says, for by grace are you saved through faith. The grace, you know, that there's God's grace is available. God's grace is sufficient. But God's grace is the provision of God for us to be able to do what God wants us to do. Somebody say amen. See, it's important for us to understand here in this room this morning that grace was not given so that we could just live any way we want to and do whatever we wanted to do. How I many you know if you just did anything that you wanted to do, sometimes that wouldn't be a good thing? It's not so that we can go and live any way we want to. And see, we have to be careful because there is a, there is a teaching out there that will say that you can just live any way you want to, you can do whatever you want to do, and God's grace is sufficient and God will cover you. No, God's grace is sufficient, but we ought not to live any way we want to. The Bible says that without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And so it's important that we live a life according to the Scriptures. You know, you can't just live any way you want to and expect to go to heaven. You can't just live any way you want to and expect God to bless you. The Bible says even for us to judge ourselves. And so I want to encourage you. I believe that God's provision is for you to see a victory. How many believe you're going to see a victory today? How many believe that you're going to see a victory in your body? How many believe you're going to see a victory in your finances? You might need a victory in your family. Maybe it's somebody that you're believing for to get saved. They need to receive a victory, amen? You're believing for them. You're, you're standing for them. And you know, we, we just talked just the other week about the victory in healing, just like the lady with the issue of blood. You can have a victory like her. You can have a victory like Peter whenever he walked on the water. What was important is that he walked by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. And so I want to encourage you, go with me quickly to 1 John chapter 5, and it says this For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. How many of you would say that you love God this morning? All over this room. And his commandments are not burdensome. You know, it's not a burden to keep God's commandments. For whatever is, verse 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory. Somebody say, This is the victory. That overcomes the world, even our faith. Somebody say, even our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? How many know that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith? Amen? Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. That God has more for us and that by faith in Jesus Christ, we can do more. We can go further. We can go farther and higher and deeper to where God wants us to go. And see, even if we find ourselves up against overwhelming odds, God will make a way when there seems to be no way. How many are grateful and thankful that God will make a way when there seems to be no way? I want you to go in your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and I'm just going to want to let you know what's going on here in the picture here, but we see Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat, and the children of Israel are in just that position. They're in a position where there's overwhelming odds all around them, that there is destruction at every side, that it just looks terrible. It, it feels like things are going to cave in and things just don't look good. This is the this position that, that they're in, the children of Israel. And I want you to look at this in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 1. If you'll follow along with me, verse 1 says this, it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are in Hezon Tamar, which is in Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. How do we know that it's important that we don't run? From God, we run to God. You know what? He took, he turned his face and began to seek the Lord. Somebody say, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and proclaim a fast. So verse four, so Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem and in the house of the Lord before the new court And said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might? So that no one, somebody say no one, will be able to withstand you. That no one is able to withstand you. You know, I want you to notice this and highlight this in in your scripture, verse six, right there. How it's talking about how all of a sudden, you know, many times when we look at a situation, when we look at a problem, when we go to the doctor's office and they give us a diagnosis that we might not want to hear, when all of a sudden, many times those things become magnified in our in our eyes. But instead of magnifying the problem, look at what Jehoshaphat is doing. He starts magnifying God and making God bigger than whatever it is than the Ammonites and all the others were trying. Trying to do around him but see so many times we get in a position that all of a sudden we start to we start to our mouth gets in line with what we see with our natural eye instead of seeing with our spiritual eye and we say oh yeah I don't know if I'm going to make it this week oh I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay that this time oh I don't know if my body's going to get healed this time and we begin to speak the circumstance instead of speaking how great how big how wonderful our God is And so he starts magnifying. He goes verse 7. He goes on. He says, Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If a disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for, in, for your name is in this temple, and we cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and will save. How many know God will hear you, and God will save you? What did Peter do whenever he began to walk on the water, and the waves began to rock, and the wind was began to toss? What did he cry out? He cried out, Jesus! But... In just a split moment, all of a sudden, his eyes got turned off the fact that Jesus was walking on the water, and he began to look at all the wind and all the waves. But instead, we need to know that Jesus will hear us, and Jesus will save us. Somebody just shout that out. Say, Jesus will hear me, and Jesus will save me. Verse 10, and now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. So, you know, just so you understand what's going on in the story, all of a sudden the children of Israel, by the lead of Joshua, they, they, they got into the promised land. And, you know, every step of the way, you know, they, they, would, they went and they conquered Jericho, and then they conquered the next city. But it's interesting, you know, as you look in the story, after they conquered Jericho, somebody went and took some of the treasures that God said was his. How many know that God will put things, that there are things that are holy and only to be for the Lord? Amen. And so I believe that was almost like a 10%. It was like a tide that God said, you know what? I'm going to destroy this. I want you to be obedient and, and, and I will take care of it. And they were obedient and they did what God told them to do and he destroyed and they destroyed Jericho. And yet when they went back and they began to receive, God said, I want you to lay that there. I want you to leave that there and I'll be with you. But all of a sudden they kept on going. They went to the next place and they got defeated by a smaller city than, that, than the one before. It's because they weren't obedient. God wasn't with them at that moment because there was sin in the camp. See, there are things in our lives that many times we wonder why, God, why aren't you answering? Why hasn't the answer come? And yet many times God is speaking to us and saying, you need to look at yourself. You need to look on the inside and see if there's anything that you need to uproot out of your own life. It says this, the Bible says this, that a little leaven spoils the, the whole lump. You know, that, that just a little bit of sin. See, if there's sin in your life, if there's impurity in your life, if there's something that you need, even there's weight in your life, you need to get those things out of your life. If you want to walk in the greatness and in the blessings that God has, somebody say amen. But in their affliction. You know, the Bible says this, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord. Somebody say, but the Lord shall deliver us out of them all. God will deliver you out of every single affliction. How many of the affliction doesn't come from God? Sickness doesn't come from God. Disease doesn't come from God. Poverty doesn't come from God. Nothing good comes out of that. Amen? Affliction doesn't come from God, but it comes from the enemy. But God says he will deliver you out of each and every affliction. He says this, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and will save. He's speaking by faith. He's declaring, even though it hadn't happened yet, even though he hadn't seen anything, even though the armies are still being multiplied, even though the armies are still on the way, he begins to speak and declare that, God, you will hear me, and you will save. Somebody say amen. And verse Uh, It goes on in verse 10, and he says, And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade. And they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given for us to inherit. You know, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to kill, to steal, and destroy. He wants to come and throw you out of the possession that Jesus went and conquered and has the victory of. Somebody say amen. That's what he tries to do. And so Jehoshaphat is telling the Lord, this is what's going on. And look at this. So all of a sudden, now all of Judah, verse 13, with all their little ones and their wives and their children stood before the Lord. So let me go back to verse 12. Oh, God, oh, our God, will you judge them? For we have no power against this multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Where were their eyes upon the Lord? Our eyes are upon you. You know, I love that scripture. It talks about this in Romans chapter eight. I believe it talks about that when we know not what to pray for as we ought. We can pray in the spirit. You know what that does? When we pray in the spirit, it gets our eyes on Jesus. It gets our focus on the Lord, that God begins to pray through us. And it says, verse 13, now all of Judah and their little ones and their wives and their children stood before the Lord. And then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah. And the son of Benaiah, and the son of Jalel, and the son of Matan, and Lev, and a Levite of the sons of Ashva, And in the midst of the assembly, and he said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid. Turn to your neighbor and say, Do not be afraid. Highlight this in your Bible. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle, somebody say the battle, is not yours, but God's. For the battle is not yours, but God's. See, verse 16, tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the uh, ascent of Ziz. And you will find them in the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight this battle. Position yourselves. Somebody say, position yourselves. Punch your neighbor and say, position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Look at verse 17. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and O Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. You know, right there, I want you to go back to verse 17. I want you to circle that in your Bible. I want you to highlight that. Position yourselves and stand still. You know, when the Bible tells us to stand still, it's not talking about that we're not supposed to do our part. We're supposed to do what God asks us to do. Somebody say amen. That means we don't just stand back and say, well, God, you said all my needs shall be supplied according to your riches and glory. So, God, I'm not going to pay any of my bills. I'm just going to stand still and let you pay them. You're going to be getting kicked out of your your house. You got to position yourself to what God tells you to do. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In our own might? No, his might. Somebody say his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness and of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly places. Therefore, somebody say, therefore. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the, in the evil day, having done all to stand, stand. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. See, it's important that when he said position yourself, that means that they had to have, in other words, when you position yourself, you better have put on the armor of God when you go to position yourself. You better have renewed your mind with the word of God when you go to position yourself. Because don't think just because you position yourself doesn't mean that the enemy is not going to try to still try to attack. See, the weapon, it doesn't, the Bible, we read it earlier, the weapon may be formed. You may see the weapon. You might see it flying in the air. The weapon may be formed, but no weapon formed against you shall prosper. See, so you gotta understand that it doesn't matter if the weapon is sworn. It doesn't matter if the weapon, if the things that the enemy was trying to do are surrounding you and surrounding your family. You just gotta stand on the word of God that God, you said to put on the armor of God and to stand and position yourself for a victory. Somebody say, position yourself for a victory. For the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head and his face to the ground in all Judah. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kahathites and of the children of the Korathites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel, with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tecoah. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Believe. Somebody say believe. That's what faith is all about. You have to believe. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. See, faith is a belief in God. It's a trust. It's a belief that God is going to be for you no matter what comes against you. Verse 21, it says, And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and those who should praise the beauty of his holiness. As they went out before the army, they were saying, Praise the Lord. Somebody say, Praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Somebody just shout that out this one and say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. you see what happened? All of a sudden, three armies came together to get, go against the children of Israel. And instead, one, the two of the armies began to fight one of the armies. And then, after they defeated that army, they began to defeat themselves. And so it says... Now when they began to sing, they were defeated. And so Judah came, verse 24, and Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness. They looked toward the multitude and there came and there were their dead bodies fallen on the earth and no one had escaped. No one had escaped. I want you to think about that. We've already discussed about how Jesus has overcome all principalities, all powers, all rulers of darkness. I want you to think about how Jesus already overcame. There's not one demon. There's not one enemy. There's not one thing that Jesus did not already overcome. There's not one position that you'll ever find yourself in that Jesus cannot bring you out of. There's not one miracle that Jesus can't do. There's not one miracle that God has not already provided provision for you to receive your miracle. There's not one thing. No one had escaped. Verse 25, And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on, their de- on the dead bodies and the precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. In other words, God did such a miracle that those enemies that was going to attack them, God turned it around for good that when they ended up attacking themselves, there was so much blessing there in the valley. There was so much uh, provision there in the valley that it took them three days to go back and to get the spoil that God had reset before them. See, I don't don't think you're getting it this morning. Because, see, there ought to be a whole lot more shouting. See, you're missing your victory. You're missing your, I, I don't know if my mic, I, I feel like I'm screaming. Turn my mic up a little bit. But see, you're missing the point that there's a miracle, there's a There's a position that you can get in that God has for you that you've got to receive it, but you've got to receive it by faith you got to get to a place that no matter what, it doesn't matter what happened before you walk through these doors. It doesn't matter what happened this week. It doesn't matter what's been going on. God has positioning you for a miracle and that you can walk in the blessings that God has. What the enemy meant for bad, God can turn it around for good. And if God will do it for one, God will do it for you. Now, it may not happen the same way. It may not, but the result will always be the same. You might receive your healing a different way, but the result will always be that you got healed. You might have received a miracle, and that's great. Some of you, you might receive your, your, mirror, your healing by, by, by a divine miracle, but some others might receive it by the working of miracles. That day after day, you just begin to confess, and you begin to speak, and you begin to walk by faith, and that healing begins to take place in your body. See, that's why it's important that we walk by faith because it's great to have a miracle, but it's better to walk by faith that you know how to obtain your miracle every single day of your life. And look at this. Took them three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka. For they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Bercha until this day. They returned every man to Judah and Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. See, I don't know about you, but God wants you to rejoice over their enemies to God, he had them, instead of them leaving in fear, they came back with joy. Somebody say they came back with joy. They came back with joy, and for the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. And so they came to Jerusalem, and with stringed instruments and harps and trumpets to the house of the Lord, and the fear of God was on all the kingdoms to those countries. When they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave them him rest all around God provided provision to the point that he gave them rest and all them while they were while they continued to just that all of a sudden things began quiet and God gave them rest you know I don't know about you but you ought to get to that place that you just have rest that you have peace in your home somebody say amen that you just have a rest because God is working on your behalf. And see, once there, there's a victory in you, once you know that you don't, have to, you don't have to receive those things from the enemy, once you know that you can walk in victory, you can just walk around and know that God is for you. And no matter what comes against you, God is going to be with you no matter what. And walk in that rest. Walk in that joy. Walk in that victory. As we look at this story, we can see several things that they did to overcome you know, if you got some notes this morning, I want you to just write this down real quick. But I believe that if, if you and I will use these simple principles, we, we too will walk in victory and blessings. Number one, this is what they did. Set yourself to seek and to ask God for help. You know, there's nothing better, but in a time of crisis, you need to set yourself aside. Set yourself to God. And ask God, seek God and ask him for help. The Bible says that Jehoshaphat set himself to seek the Lord and he proclaimed a fast in all Judah. We need to follow Jehoshaphat's lead and do likewise. Number two, recognize the greatness of God. Remind him of his word. In other words, it's not that you need to remind God, but sometimes you need to remind yourself who your God is. You need to remind yourself how great your God is that you serve. He was the creator of the heaven and earth. He's the creator of the universe. Do you not think that God can take care of whatever little problem you've got going on in your life? If God's got, you know, I just heard a testimony. If God's got to create a bone and put a bone in your leg, you can, God can do that. Pastor Steve, he shares a story, a testimony, how he believed God, and a tooth grew back. Don't tell me it's too hard for God. There's nothing too hard for God. Sometimes, is many people, they don't want to take self-control and take acknowledgment that the position that they're in is because they got themselves in that position. Jehoshaphat proclaimed the greatness of God. He acknowledged humbly that God was his source. Not your job, not your pastor, not, not anything else. God is your source. See, if we were to realize that how God is our source, then things that other people do wouldn't distract us. They wouldn't bother us because God's our source. Turn, and number three, turn the problem over to God. As long as you're holding on to it, you're not casting it over on the Lord. Josephat, when he went and fasted and prayed, he turned the problem over to the Lord. He let it go. He said, God, I'm not, we're not able to overcome these multitudes. God, there's nothing, God, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to turn this over to you. Now, I'll do what you ask me to do, and I'll do what you tell me to do. But, God, I'm turning this over to you. In other words, Jehoshaphat puts his total trust in God. When we are powerless, then we don't know what to do. Just like Jehoshaphat, we must turn our eyes to God. In other words, sometimes we have to turn our trying into trust. See, many times we're trying to do it on our own strength. We're trying to do it on our own ability. But instead, God wants us to turn that into trust and say, God, I'm trusting in you. I'm casting this on you. Number four, get God's word on the situation. Joseph had received a word from God. We also need to hear from heaven and listen to what God says. After calling on God, we must be aware that God will speak. His words have power, and his words will give us faith. We need to stand in the face of defeat. That means having done all to stand, stand. Number five, begin to praise and worship God for the answer. Once we have faith for the word of God, then we need to stand still and begin to glorify God. Our our faith can be seen in our praise. See, look at how amazing the ending of this story was. Jehoshaphat followed the instruction of the Lord. He consulted with the people and appointed singers to sing and to praise him and went out before the army. When they did, they never even had to fight. No one person had to lift up their sword. God's fault for them. You and I must realize that the battle is not ours, but the Lord's. As they came upon the battlefield, they saw all of the enemy was defeated, and lying there on the ground was bountiful blessing. The name of the battlefield was the Valley of Berka, which means blessing, Valley of Blessing. It's hard to believe that we can find blessing in the midst of a valley, but I assure you that God has it all worked out. You know what? The scripture says this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You know why that's different? You know, a rod and a staff, it's basically, it's it's the same thing. It's what they carry. But the rod and the staff. You know, a rod, I can't remember if I got it right, but I think, I believe it's a rod that hits away the enemy. If a wolf comes up, something comes up to attack, that's what the rod's for. But the staff, is that, it's got that hook on it to grab the sheep and bring the sheep back to safety. That's why they comfort us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. No matter what our checkbook's saying, no matter what our doctor's saying, I will fear no evil. Amen? No matter what the lawyer says, I will fear no evil. And when we follow the same steps as Jehoshaphat, the end of our challenge will be exactly the same. Not only will we walk in victory, a victory God has already won, but we will will also enjoy the spoils that are left in the wake. God has a blessing waiting for you at the end of a challenge that the enemy tries to bring. God has a blessing waiting for you. Be sure to take time to read. I want to encourage you to read 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Take time this week and read this story, and look how God blessed him. I want to close with this, and I want to real quick, but I want you to look at this. It goes on in the same chapter. It says so to keep on going in Jehoshaphat's reign, and I just think it's important to balance this out. So Jehoshaphat was king over Judah, and he was 35 years old when he became king. He reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azubah and the daughter of uh, Shihi. And he walked in the way of his father, Azah, and did not turn aside from it, doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. Nevertheless, high places were not taken away, for as yet the people had not directed their hearts to God of their fathers. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat, first and last, indeed are in the book written in Jehua, in the son of Anah, which is mentioned in the book of the kings of Israel. After this, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, allied himself with Aziah, king Uzziah, king of Israel, who acted very wickedly, and he allied himself with him to make him ships go to Tarshish, and they made the ships go to Izan-Geber. But Eleazar, the son of Davida and of Meshachar, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, because you have allied yourself with Uzziah, the Lord has destroyed your works. Then the ships were wrecked so that they were not able to go to Tarshish. Now, I want you to look at this. This is important because look at all the, the miracle that God did. He reigned for 25 years. Things were going great. He had the rest. He had peace all around him. All these things were going good. But then all of a sudden, he allied himself with King Uzziah. King Uzziah was very wicked. See, I started off at the beginning You can't ally yourself with sin. You can't ally yourself with uh, disobedience and with unbelief. Because once you do, then it begins to bring the enemy in. It wasn't that God destroyed the ships. What happened was, is once he did that and he allied himself with something wicked, all of a sudden it opened the door for the enemy to come in and he was no longer blessed. See, that's why it's, we must be careful that we don't just walk and live any way we want to, but we must be careful to live according to the scriptures. Somebody say amen to that. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says, Pursue peace with all people in holiness. Without such, no one will see the Lord. Pursue peace with all people and also pursue holiness. Without such, no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. In other words, God's saying that if we're not careful, if we don't take care of bitterness, if we don't take care of things, if we don't pursue peace, if we don't pursue holiness, then all of a sudden, little things that the enemy, all of a sudden, things can begin to jump up. And it says, lest there be any fornicator or profane persons like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. In other words, today is a day to set yourself and position yourself for a victory. You know, today there might be people in this room that there's two types of people that come and and that might be sitting here today. Well, three types. Actually, we say it this way: one, maybe someone that's never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and maybe today they need to make things right. The second person is someone that they they were living right, they had the peace, they had the rest, they had the blessings of God, but yet things came in, and all of a sudden began to turn, and all of a sudden now they've gotten themselves away from where God wants them to live. And then the third is someone who is living holy according to the Scriptures. Today I want to encourage you, I'm going to dismiss, but if you say, Pastor Justin, today I'm one of the first two people, I'm one of the ones that I haven't accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, or number two, I'm someone that I was, and I was living in the blessing, but now I've turned aside and I've allowed other things to come in and to push out God out of my life. If that's you today, I want to pray for you, But I want to encourage you, it's important, you can't walk in the blessings and the victory of God if you haven't positioned yourself to possess the victory of God. Oh,